This is Recovery Revolution Live. The episode you're about to listen to is live and unedited. If you'd like to join us on the live stream, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Recovery Revolution 100 or search Recovery Revolution Live on YouTube. What is going on, everybody? I was trying to reply to JR's message, but I guess I'll just say it. You cue it up, and I'll play it, man. You let me know when you want it. We got Minnesota Hope Dealer founder in the house tonight. Stand up for recovery. AG, what you got? I got to turn my mute off. Sorry. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Billy Christian and the folks at Thrive in Strong Island, New York. They're watching us tonight. Thanks yeah. for having me on last night. What's up, guys? Welcome. I love New York, especially the Buffalo Bills. Just saying. I used to have a t-shirt that said that. Not the Buffalo Bills part, though. No. <laughs> then it wasn't a quality t-shirt. Somebody's echoing a little bit. (laughs) No, it's every time. It's every time, yeah. Jason likes to watch himself on his phone. No! (laughs) (laughs) It's not it. We got Kirsten from New York joining us. Welcome, welcome. We got a couple Minnesota boys in the house. We got Mr. Jason. What's up? Tonight's guest, JP. Got some Minnesota Hope Dealers in the house. Some Hope Dealers. Hope Dealers. (laughs) I never get a point. It always throws me off. Because it's awkward. Bro, it is weird. It's hard. It's difficult. Cool. (laughs) We get a lot of people from Minnesota on this show. I wonder why. Even before Jason was a host. Minnesota Minnesota source. They might have a lot of awesome people. Minnesota got a lot of awesome people in it. That's for sure. Representing Minnesota. Oh, look at that Tony Barlett from from Kentucky. My recovery cartel brother. Yeah, what's up, Tony? (laughs) (laughs) Hope not dope. That's right. Hugs not drugs. Not drugs. (laughs) Damn right. Awesome. Well, JR, you want to kick us off with the... uh... The 2022 Recovery Challenge. Okay, let's roll the uh, video. Welcome to the 2022 Recovery Challenge. Join us. Spread hope across social media. Show the world that we do recovery. It's simple. It's easy. Just grab a poster board, cardboard, piece of paper. Right? I do recover with your city, state. Take a selfie of it. And hashtag 2022 Recovery Challenge. Beautiful. Well done, JR. That's my where, where do, what do they do with it once they've taken that picture? I mean, just uh, we'll find it. That's what the <laughs> hashtag's for. Makes it a little easy. <laughs> okay, okay. Brad, <laughs> figure it out, bud. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, and, and I do got mine. We're very organized. Nice. I still got a day and a half left. I'm going to get mine in. Don't worry. I'm working on it tomorrow. Minnesota represent. Represent. 
Yeah. You, you're a rock star. I guess so. I still haven't done my challenge though, and and I do things on my own time, so it'll probably be October first. I'll be a little late. Yeah, your your annual performance review is coming up too. Just just so you know. Ag is a freaking rock star. Just went through a hurricane and still on the line. Still on. Man, look at you. This is the first time I've had internet for longer than twenty minutes. All day. Well, if we Works lose, you well. don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I hear some wind. Sounds like no. a fan. <laughs> a fan, because it's hot in here. <laughs> we already talked about the HVAC not working, so their conditioning is not blowing cold air because it's flooded on the built top of the building. Thank you. Thank you. I thought it was a good question. No question's a bad question. Nobody agrees with that? I agree with that. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thank I didn't you. know my opinion was wanted. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> I would say probably to upload it to the Recovery Revolution Facebook page would be the easiest way to find it. But like JR said, I guess he's searching the 2022 Recovery Challenge hashtag as well. And we do have the uh, the pinned post on the, the front of the page, so mm. it's easy to find. And I'll get it up. Uh, somebody will get it added to our albums. Nice. Let me tell you, if you really want to make sure it gets done, tag Brett in it. Wherever you post it, just tag Brett. He'll <laughs> oh, make thanks. sure it gets done. I try. He's good at that. Tag tag JR <laughs> in it. It won't. No, it might not get done. <laughs> what the? Brett, that would be a good They'll just send me a message and tell me to do it, and I'll forget. So, tag Brett. When Jason read off what uh, he was talking about, Ashley, that was a good time for you to play the sound. We're ready. We're ready. <laughs> We're in the hurricane. We're in the eye of the storm. Yes. <laughs> ain't, ain't no hurricane going to stop this recovery. That's right. Man. Let's get this party started. Let's do it. I want to hear more about Minnesota Hope Dealers. Yeah, man. Um, Introduce yourself, Jay. Um, JP. Uh, I'm the founder, uh, CEO, and executive director of the Minnesota Hope Dealers. Um, the Hope Dealers is pretty much a recovery community organization. We started off as a Facebook uh, page, empowerment Facebook page, so to speak to uh, assist people in recovery, like online. Um, and then we just try, I just pretty much tried to build off of it uh, from that. Um, and just, you know, we just, uh, uh, I myself pretty much dedicated my life uh, to helping people feel less broken, man. And I wanted to, uh, as I was going to school, man, going to college, I wanted to uh, have a some sort of uh, impact, like before I even came, like a, before I even graduated out of college. So I wanted to have an impact in the recovery community, and that's the way that I thought about it, um, you know, by using Facebook and, you know, online and stuff like that. Um, and then just so happened, man, the, uh, the COVID happened, um, the COVID pandemic. And then, you know, we just, uh, I don't know, you know, we just was uh, out there. I didn't care about no pandemic, man. People were dying out there from, from the epidemic. So we just tried to um, use our efforts, man, to uh, assist people uh, who didn't, who couldn't like go nowhere from COVID, like a sober houses and stuff like that, and 
um, taking people to treatment and detox and all that different type of stuff, man. And then um, I guess a lot of people were seeing what we were doing, man. And um, um, it was, it was, it's just been love ever since, you know. I love you too, guys. <laughs> it's just been love ever since, you know. Just uh, and and a lot of people getting together and uh, in recovery, man. It's just a beautiful thing, man. And um, and I was able, you know, I was blessed to to have the ability to make it into a recovery community organization. So we train peer recovery specialists, man. We host SOAP events, um, pretty much um, uh, try to give out different resources. We try to have a plethora of resources, man, for different people, for different things. Um, and just being involved with the recovery community, man, boots on the ground type of thing, man, out on the streets, you know, doing whatever, whatever it is, man, we can do to help out the recovery community. So it's like no uh, no limitations in my mind that I can think of that like would uh, try to hinder me from that. I just try to keep on thinking of different ways that I can try to not only make myself better, but my organization also. That's awesome. What do you think that people are struggling with the most that you've seen being on the ground? Uh, now or COVID? Both. Now, we got time. Both. Both. Um, COVID. It was just because it. Was, the only thing was open when COVID happened was Walmart and liquor stores. So everything, <laughs> all all the means, all the means was closed. All the churches was closed. Every everything everything that has something to do with positivity or somebody getting them getting themselves better or making themselves better was closed. You know. So it's yeah, Walmart or liquor store or the dope man. <clears throat> which is, you know, like rain, sleet, and snow type of thing. Um, that was that issue. Um, and obviously, if, if you know, some people, uh, Idle Man is a devil playground. So I've seen a lot of people who we didn't think that would possibly, like, have a reoccurrence or a relapse or something like that, like, go back out there type of thing because they didn't have that. They wasn't able to have that, that physical support. Sort of like what you said uh, earlier about that connection. The connection we had like in in vegas versus now virtual you know what i mean so um it's pretty much the same thing like that's why i kind of agreed on that and and that's what it was so we we was out there and just you know and a lot of people was receptive to us because like we we was the only one out there pretty much uh during that time and and we after after a little while a lot of us started uh, meeting we was like man forget it <laughs> we just I'm not gonna sit in the house and wait to die. When people die out here, I can die. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we just like started, got had to get together and started bonfires in people's backyards for meetings for people who are struggling <laughs> and different stuff like that. Like that's what we needed, and we we pretty much didn't. We've been through worse. Uh, actually, we're going through worse now, but we've been through worse stuff than COVID to me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people are, are dying because they be you know from drug overdose and stuff like that and like nobody's mentioning that but everybody's getting COVID so that was my thing with that um now it's pretty much like uh people are struggling with the, the human connection part uh I think um it's 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 just it's it's turning back around people are still afraid I think in my mind to like still come out and do stuff it's getting better 
But I think, you know, I think it still has a, a little more turning around to do for, like, the recovery community. You know, some people still got their COVID scare and monkeypox and stuff. But I think that fentanyl <laughs> stuff, is, um, that new that new school uh, fentanyl slash Percocet stuff is really bad out here now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like um, like synthetic opioids and stuff. And that's just, like, really crazy. You know, it's, uh, it's killing people, like, at a... At a at a faster, higher rate than uh than like regular heroin heroin was doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. You know it's funny because you were so right. Like when some people relapsed, that just shocked me uh, when mm-hmm. co- when COVID first started, and then you know it was like rogue meetings everywhere. Man, we were having meetings and people's garages <laughs> we were just like whatever dude I, you know it was funny and then i remember you post a picture and everybody had jumped down your throat because of it like you're not social distancing <laughs> you're not six feet you know wow. what I mean? like we're not six i was feet. like it's like 80 of us I was like, dude, my addiction didn't take a holiday. My addiction didn't social distance. It, right. It was like 80 of us. It was like 80 of us. And it's just people. And I posted a pic because I was so happy, for one, just to be around my family again. You know, and for two, um, for us to get together and still and to hear people how they were how they were struggling and stuff like that, man, because of this. Like we made a conscious decision, like to to break what we was doing with this COVID stuff, and agreed to like have like a bonfire backyard meeting. So they're like, "Wear your mask." I posted on Facebook, which I ain't do no more after that. <laughs> they're like, "Wear your mask." They're like, "Where's your mask?" I'm like, "We outside. It doesn't matter." And then JP's got a box of Minnesota Hope dealer masks in his truck. He's like, I got 150 masks right here. I think a lot of people ignore the fact of how damaging the psychological, like when you don't feel safe, when you just say, screw it, I'm less safe if I don't meet with my people. That's huge psychologically. Yeah. It's a difference. It's a difference between isolation and solitude. You know what we what people was doing from COVID was uh, was isolation. That's why people when people when they get in isolation they start franicking and um, you know getting frustrated and stuff. That's why people taking toilet tissue and they really didn't need. You know because they people have want to have something to grasp and hold on to, and that's something that people won't have or need when they're in isolation. They want something to grasp and hold on to. If it's not the recovery community. It's going to be the dope man that they probably got on speed dial. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they can go down the street or the group of people that they know down the street that's using and stuff like that. So they're going to, people crave, we crave human connection as, as, a, uh, as a human race, man. We crave to be, uh, to have companions, you know, especially people, uh, like-minded people who are trying to stay clean and better themselves who, like, been through the trenches and been through hell and back. You know, we build a bond in those rooms. <clears throat> when people sharing their story and, and being vulnerable and stuff, and it's, you know, it's uh, it's more like a, a spiritual connection, like almost like an emotional connection, you know. And um, you you turn into family, and you miss that family, and you, you know what I mean. It's just like you being away from your grandkids, something for too long, or I don't know if grandkids, but like your, your cousin, or something. I don't know, you know. So that's how I look at it. Well, and I think that 
that's where we miss a lot of it. A lot of times, you know, like, so AA and NA and other 12-step programs aren't necessarily evidence-based, but connection is a need. And that is something that's been proven that we all need. So whatever your pathway is, you have to find that connection. You have to find your people. You have to find whether it, you know, whether it's, you know, even like if it's not the recovery community, whether it be a workout group that you go with to work out, whether it be whatever, whoever are your people, when you find those that is proven to help recovery. Yeah, I'm, I myself believe in our, especially me and my organization, we believe in our pathways to recovery. Uh, it's Amen. many pathways to recovery, just like it's many pathways to addiction. So, you know, it's just, it's just the support um, network that you, that, that we, uh, I don't want to say crave, but like we crave, uh, just like a family, you know, just like having a family. If, if somebody has a broken family and they see somebody with a good family, uh, they're going to envy that family because there's going to be something that they wish that they actually had. And just like a, 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 a wife or, you know, just the family in general, like you're going to sit back and you see some people happy and laughing and you by yourself, you're going to wish and, and want what they have, so to speak. You know, attraction uh, rather than promotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just it's whatever support network that is, even if it's a group of people who's trying to stop uh, overeating or stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's just whatever church, you know, churches, church is another one for me. You know, yep. uh, a group of people who's trying to better themselves. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what that looks like. It's not just N.A. or A.A. No, so I, no. So I, I also identify with N.A. myself, but. Um, it's a group of supportive people that you, you know, just like uh, uh, Pam Lambert, uh, Thrive with the, the parents of uh, people who are struggling with addiction. Like his parents getting together, you know, and supporting each other because they're going through the same thing. And I think that's what it's about. That's pretty much like how addiction started in the first place. You know, yeah. because some, sometimes people, uh, a lot of people wanted to fit in. A lot of people wanted to be part of the cool kids. They probably really didn't want to do the actual drug they were doing. They just wanted to be able to fit in, possibly uh, because they of some stuff that happened in their family, childhood, neglect, all that different type of stuff, childhood trauma. Yeah, and I think it's like, this is something I've learned recently, is, is that there's a lot of co-occurring disorders that we don't always think about in some of the programs, like, say like a person on the autism spectrum, they might not be able to connect the same way in person that somebody that isn't on the spectrum would, but they can still connect in other ways. They just have to find what works for them. They might have to do it virtually, or it might be in a smaller group setting, or maybe, you know, like, I don't necessarily know what would work, but we're leaving people out because we're missing that everybody needs connection, but everybody connects differently. That's yeah, and um, and just like recovery, you know, it's, uh, people are on different levels of their recovery, people are on different on different levels of life, you know, uh, and we have to uh, have that in the forefront of our of our minds when dealing with people. Also, you know, just because somebody don't learn as fast as me, or if I don't learn as fast as somebody, or uh, somebody is not on the level of recovery that I am, and, and different things like that. Because people have a lot of, um, I said this saying uh, a few days ago um, about mental prisons. You know, what I mean, we a lot of people are, in, uh, you know, some people doing 
Some people have two years in mental prison. Some people have 10. Some people have 20. So you got some lifers, you know what I mean, in, in mental prison. But the mental prison is built by the bars of other people's expectations. You know, and um, and so that's a hard thing to get over, especially during trauma of of what getting over the fact of what people think about you or what people, what you might think that somebody thinks about you. Like it gets deep with that, uh, <clears throat> with that trauma stuff. But that's what people have to heal from because uh, the using is just the behavior. Just like a baby crying, you know, you probably address the behavior and slap the baby, stop crying. But you don't <laughs> ask the baby like, you don't ask the baby like, why is they crying? You know, just like people who uh, experience an addiction, you have to go and dig deep and ask them, like, why did they, why did you, why did you start? You know, instead of, like, criminalizing the behavior, the use, you know, the actions behind the use. So I'm I'm being non-compliant. Yeah, Treatment centers I mean, say that people aren't are non-compliant because they don't go to groups, but the group there could be something traumatizing or there could be a co-occurring disorder that they can't anxiety or like I guess right. before being on the autism spectrum, like groups could freak you out for some reason and it's not that you are being non-compliant, it's you're reacting to the situation. Yeah. Like 70, 80, I think 85% of the people who experience an addiction, I think the percentage is higher than that, have some type of co-occurring um disorder behind it or you know, um, some other secondary uh, psychological uh, disorder that's going on with them. You know what I mean? It, whether it's drug-induced or it's, tra- it's something that has to do with some with some trauma. Nine times out of ten, it has something to do with, with past trauma that probably bounced into the, the addiction. Because we, we still go through trauma after childhood. So you got childhood trauma, you got young adult trauma, you got old adult trauma. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> and if you, you had zero trauma before... <laughs> You got time. If you had zero before, you definitely come out with some. So it, it doesn't, yeah, you right. know, it doesn't matter if the chicken came first or the egg. It's you got True. it. But True. it's just piling. It's just piling on. And what it what it does is just piling on. Then we push it back and suppress it. So in, in people in early recovery, you're trying to get clean. Your emotions going everywhere. Burr, burr, burr. You know, <laughs> it's just um, you know what I mean. And it just has to regulate, I guess. But if we, we don't know what a lot of stuff is, if we've been using majority of our life, you know what I mean? We don't know what it looks like to be clean or what it looks like to feel or, you know, experience emotional, have mastery of our emotions and stuff like that. We don't, people don't know what they, that looks like. And they get scared when they start see, seeing stuff like that. So that's why people uh, in treatment centers, they have anxiety attacks and all this different type of stuff. And, you know, yeah. they, uh, and, you know, and I, I do my best to, me as a clinician, also, uh, I try to, I try to think about that. You know, keep that in mind in the forefront, and not just, um, you know, engage or, or um, address the behavior. You know, I try to, I try to talk to people. Do my best to talk to people to see what I can do for them to talk because vulnerability is strength. When people get vulnerable and they start talking about their life and their past, you know, no matter what, where it hurt, they heal in some way. Yeah. And that's that's what I think what we have to do in the recovery community. We have to start healing versus being clean. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Once we start healing, then all that stuff all that stuff will fall into place. You don't want to be clean because you're healing. Hey, you've heard the, the the saying dry drunk, like you can take away a substance and it doesn't change, you know, unless you deal with 
the reason why you use that coping skill, you're just taking away a coping skill. True. Exactly. You know, and and start living life on life terms. You start dealing with uh, life through, I guess, the way it's supposed to be. You start uh, being about solutions instead of running from the actual problem and making it worse. You know, and that's uh, that's the self-efficacy part. Well, a lot of people, um, you know, forget about, too, that it makes uh, it empowers people for them to give for you to give them a task and they come back and do it, you know, and they proud themselves for completing that task or what have you. So it's just like uh, riding a bike with training wheels. Mm-hmm. You, get pushed, you know what I'm saying? Then you got the training wheels. You, then you got to take one training wheel off, take the other one off. And then they be riding. You only know you riding. You think they're still pushing yeah, you still think they got their hand on the seat. My dad did that. And then when I realized he wasn't holding it, I freaked out and I ended up fucking sma- smashing my face into a tree, you know? But then I realized after the fact, like, oh, that means I can ride bike. And then I tried it again. And what do you know? I'm off from doing it. Um, JP, dude, you, you mentioned that you're a clinician. And uh, I want, I, I, I need to put you on the spot so you can describe this amazing treatment program that you're working with because it's very it's to me it's cutting edge it's Mm. you guys are doing it different man you're doing it different you're doing it in a really holistic way so why don't you tell us about the place that you're working now as a counselor and how that program's set up um i work now at twin cities wellness center and recovery gym um it's ran by uh Crystal Hill Hoover, our CEO. Um, we incorporate fitness and a wellness um, into um, treatment curriculum, physical fitness into the treatment curriculum. So we have a, a full-size gym here. Um, we offer uh, wellness and um, nutritional services. Like we uh, have whole groups on about nutrition and stuff, and we're about to start um, uh, having a, a new, like a dietary uh, dietitian class to where we can show clients how to cook healthy meals. Um, awesome. Which is cool. Yeah, so we, you know, I, I kind of like that aspect of it because uh, um, the physical fitness is what helped me out in my early recovery. So I think this, I think it's important as part of self care and it's a part, another aspect of, of uh, the clients bettering themselves, you know. Yeah, I got to tour the facility the other day and it was really cool, man. I was like, dang. And then she was explaining (laughs) to me all the different times that they were like, okay, we need to build more, you know? So like, oh, they build a couple offices over here. Then they're like, okay, well, we're just going to rent the next space down, knock out the walls. And then they're like, oh, now we have to rent the next space down. And they're like, slowly moving down this like strip mall of offices just taking over more of it you know it's it's really cutting edge because there's not a lot of uh treatments i don't think there's any treatment center that incorporates physical fitness you know or the cooking thing in the curriculum yeah so it's you know it's a lot of uh, a lot of other uh, good things that's that's coming up uh that we're going to implement so the the company is uh seven months old it's crazy Um, well if you're a clinician or a treatment yes. center watching, take note because whole <laughs> wellness is important to recovery. Yes. You are what you eat, and, and recovery the lifestyle 
it's not an action. Right. And we do a diagnostic uh, facility also. So we deal with uh, co-occurring disorders and stuff like that also. And we also, you know, we just show uh, uh, pretty much the staff is in recovery. So, um, you know, we just show the clients love and support and, you know, we actually genuinely care about them, you know, and um, just, you know, just do our best to hold them accountable and try to um, work with them the best way we can because we know how it is and we know we have a little bit of understanding of what trauma is and what trauma looks like and stuff like that. So we do our best to work with clients and um, they really, they really, I think they really enjoy it. <laughs> they really, you know, they really enjoy us here. And, um, you know, and I love the staff that I work with, you know, it's, uh, it's just like, it's just like a family uh, here. Um, and uh, it's just like, it's amazing. Um, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. It's amazing uh, company to, 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 to be with here. Man, I'm proud of you, man. So here's a question. We'll see who who answers which way. Trauma. Does it only live in your brain and your actions? Or so here, true or false? We'll do true. Trauma can also live in your muscles. Oh yeah. True. True. It's true. So if you're dealing and you're trying to recover from trauma and you use substances to cope with your trauma, if you don't incorporate releasing it from your muscles it's a hard you know you're not we, dealing with the part are we answering this or are these, the people out there answering <laughs> you, everybody's you answering it, it. okay it is true it, 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 it stays in your muscles so that's why like there's a lot of trauma yoga and stuff like that because so working out and stuff i mean that is a great way then I wish it wasn't cutting edge. Everyone was doing it too. So maybe right. I'll take some notes. Dude, it, you know, that's what's so cool. It's like, it's, it's a simple idea. It's holistic mm-hmm. recovery. And yet this could be like a pioneering thing. Like she could, who knows how, <laughs> how far the reach could get or how many different people follow suit and do it. And, you know, everybody will go, you know, those guys, they, they did it first and it, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't really do it first. You were just the first ones to like slap a, you know, a LLC behind it. You know what I mean? What piece the concept together, you know, um, yeah. to, to piece that concept together because um, it's just like, it's, it, it's, it, it's all about like bettering yourself. It seemed like when I worked, when I worked out, when I worked out really hard, you know, I had, a, I like to eat. I don't want to call it eating disorder, but I like to eat. Especially since, I stopped, especially since I stopped smoking cigarettes, right? So, um, so I like to eat. So, but if I'm working out, if I'm working out, and I'm working out, and I'm really working out, and if I have a donut versus a protein shake next to me, and I'm, my body's feeling good and my mind is in a good state of mind, I'm gonna pick the protein shake up before I pick the donut up. You 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 understand the concept where I'm getting at with that? Mm-hmm. Because you know, and you're going to do it subconsciously. It's not something you're going to actually think about. You're going to want the donut. You're going to want the, the shake because you're feeling good about yourself. You feel accomplished. Uh, you probably feel a change inside. Versus if I didn't ever work out and I'd be eating donuts and I see a donut and protein, you say, oh, let me get that donut. So that's the wellness aspect in your in your mind. Um, well, and you know how it makes you feel, I think, is another thing. I might like yeah, that's the same yeah. way with being diabetic is like sugar now because I'm aware of how bad it makes me feel. I still love the taste of it. I would still 
looking at it, I have to think about it for 30 minutes before I decide not to, to eat the chocolate cake. So I'm not saying it's naturally doesn't come, but like you realize, hey, it's not worth it. Yeah, but this it's like it's 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 natural. The connection I'm trying to make with that is that yeah. it's the same thing with it's the same thing with drugs and alcohol. If you feeling okay and you 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 working out and your body's feeling good, you feel your body change, you start seeing results and different stuff like that, and uh your mind is getting clear, you don't have that much stress on you, you're not gonna you're not gonna want no drugs. You're gonna want a primary health uh primary care doctor. You know what I mean? You're not gonna okay, I'm not wanting no drugs, I'm gonna go do something else to better myself. And like, that's pretty much like the concept. And behaviors make sense. I mean, that's a key thing. So like, if you know that, so you, you took drugs because it made you feel good or whatever the reason, or it didn't make you feel something. But if you go and you just use an example, like are on the treadmill for 30 minutes and you feel good and it makes you look good. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to do the one, the thing that has the most Mm. benefits for you, not not the one that has negative and positive. So that's exactly. Yeah, that's so it's cool. So and I get a chance to work out too. You know, so. <laughs> at work. At work. Well, oh, yeah. I don't do not on duty, but you know, I get a chance to get a chance to. Does anybody uh, want to address this question from Sarah? Oh. Is that why we have cravings in recovery, or is that a mental thing? I think oh. you have to clarify too. Are you talking about in early recovery or are you talking about like so I mean cravings are physical dependence because you're dependent on something. It's not necessarily it's kind of different, but are you talking about she said yes. Early. So we'll let JP because he's the clinician answer. <laughs> <laughs> um I think it's mental. Um, I think it's mental because just like if you want some cigarettes and you don't have any, and you're craving them. Um, I think it's I think it's more mental than actual physical. Um, it's just some. I think it's more of habit. I think cravings comes more out of a habit than like the actual addiction part. Addiction in the mind starts way before we actually start using drugs. You know what I'm saying? It comes from like the reward and punishment. Uh, model that we learned from uh, our family, parents, mom and dad. Um, and we start, the reason why I say that is because we start, we, we when we understand the, the concept of reward and punishment, <clears throat> we don't want to get punished, but we do want the reward. So when you start, when you want the reward, your reward, you know, all that stuff in there with the reward receptors and all that stuff, have you acting outside of yourself in order for a, a a response for that reward thing so you're not really being yourself and that's like where addiction starts at some some so to speak if i if i'm saying it right you know and just uh, it's important too to note that it depends on the substances that you're yeah. using too i mean alcohol withdrawal is a real thing and it's yeah it's yeah. definitely dangerous and you know you need medical care for that um yeah opiate dependencies or you know like there are certain drugs that your body physically does at first need to come off of you know that there's a physical dependence so i think there's both um but there's other ones that are less physical dependence too so it really i think her question depends on what the drug is and what the situation too 
Well, yeah. and then we're talking about the difference we're talking about is acute withdrawal symptoms, which is the physical, uh, you know, immediate response that, you know, depending on the substance can take longer or shorter. But then you're also you have post acute withdrawal symptoms, which is the mental stuff. Like, mm. first time I quit smoking, I went the first five days sucked. I didn't get no sleep. It was like, totally weird my whole body out and then one day i woke up and i realized that was gone and i was like thank god and then like not even a week later i picked up again because the mind fuck you know got me uh i'm not a clinician so that's how i describe it you just gave me a good example a perfect example and i've never smoked so i'm going to use this example but i haven't lived it so with cigarette smoking when you're trying to quit smoking and somebody aggravates you and you have that urge to like your muscles tense and you get mad that's like the trauma part of it if you're craving the cigarettes like initially you you know you feel yourself getting like antsy or you feel you know those are two separate symptoms if that does that make mm. sense yeah mm. Mm. That's a good question. That's yeah, a very good question. But yeah, yeah. there's different types of uh, withdrawals. Because <clears throat> you well. feel in that she... moment when you're getting tense, you're like, I need a cigarette. You feel like that's a withdrawal, but that in that moment is a reaction. She, and... she said she, she said her drug of choice was meth. <clears throat> so Which can doing? take up to what? Is it, JP, like up to two years before your brain even, the chemistry even levels back out? Yeah. Yeah, like one. But meth is not very physically addicting, actually. No, like not compared to opiates or alcohol. Right, but the mind mind, piece is hardcore. Like, and then I know I remember when I was in college, we learned about memory spikes and stuff. So you'll have like thousands of these positive memory spikes are created from the euphoria that's caused by the drug, and then whenever drama happens or shit went down or you got popped like, or, you know, you had a domestic, you have one negative memory spike when those events happen. So it's like in the real range of things, it's like the stack or the, the cards are stacked against you because you have way more positive memory spikes than you do bad ones. And that's why euphoric recall can pull you back four four years down the road, like to Sarah Beth's point, you know, just because you're, it's like your brain is wired to want to go back, you know? That's that reward. That's that reward uh, center thing that I was talking about. So yeah, I you, think. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, you get, you get, you start feeling good and you get that reward. It's the same sense as if you was, uh, I don't want to, uh, accomplish something. Right. You know what I mean? The endorphins that you had that you did and stuff like that, like you flooding your brain with that. And if you don't, like your brain don't have that or you stop using like your brain craves that, you know what I mean? Your brain craves that, like that reward sensation. Like you said, that uh, euphoric recall type of thing. You remember the the flooding of dopamine that he gave when I was using, and like that's yeah. what that's what your brain craves. Like it replaces, it re- the the drug replaces the actual nat- natural like receptors in your brain for you to crave that drug versus the actual. Uh, natural stuff that's going on around. Right. Yeah. 
And then it takes with meth up to two years for your brain to be able to create those chemicals that it should naturally create normally again. It can yeah, take up to two years. It's all about opiates too. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're all different timelines though, and I think opiates is like a year to eighteen months. Cocaine is like a year to eighteen months, but like meth is like two years. I don't know why. Growing neurotransmitters back, you know what I'm saying? Growing, they growing back and stuff. For some of the neurotransmitters get messed up, yeah. But they, but they grow back again in different ways and stuff. Right. Because it's that Swiss cheese shit, you know. When they show what meth does to the brain, it Mm -hmm. literally kills like all sorts of it. (laughs) But they used to think your brain didn't like, even though it doesn't like repair necessarily it still does in ways and they didn't realize that before so it's cool to know that it yeah they say grow back you probably don't grow back like you used to but right it's like they rebuilt (laughs) it different like they parallel yeah it's re-engineered or some shit right right rebuilt rebuilt engine yeah i think that's so cool too to like because when people are like oh you know you should have a second chance because in your because you're in recovery but a lot of that part is that you are actually if you do a lot of the work you become a i don't want to say a better person but i'm going to say a better person because you like rebuild your brain to you know yeah have different values you have the same values necessarily but you deepen them you strengthen them like so people in recovery that have really done the work are extraordinary people they shouldn't just like get the rights back it's they're almost a different person like a better version i don't know no i totally yeah, understand I, what I totally you mean agree too. i understand what you yeah. mean i totally agree too and I then think about it like myself. think about it with the multiple pathways thing you know there's so many different mm-hmm. pathways out there so many different things that you can do and you know figure out what works best for you but the more open-minded you are and willing to try out and do all those different types of work to learn those different things the stronger better more badass your brain's rebuilding will be you'll be right. like robocop in your brain Two two point oh. Recovery should be celebrated. Like recovery month should yeah. be celebrated because recovery, like, and it's like, oh, you should celebrate the people that just said no. And I'm like, well, great, that's great, that's great that they didn't have to overcome this. But the people that did, like, I would trust them. A, a lot of people in recovery, I would trust more with things than people that have never had a problem. Yeah. yeah. The best thing that happened, the, one of the best things that happened to me besides me, you know, finding my high power was uh, the fact that I was able to uh, come out of come out of the trenches with my brain still intact. Amen, brother. It, it was a few. It was a few times where I thought that I wasn't gonna come back, like mentally. Amen. You know, um, and like like for real, like in the dark, down the rabbit hole, spiraling down, wherever. I just didn't feel mm. mentally stable at all for a long time. And uh, I've seen people uh, who who use and like never like never snap back out of that, right. you know. And uh, I'm just like blessed to be able to like for that to happen. And uh, when I seen that, I kind of got happy, like in class and school, you know, yeah. college. Seeing that, it's like, oh, it's all grow back. Okay, neuroplasticity. Okay, let me remember that. 
That's what's up. <laughs> and dude, you you grew back a badass new brain, bro. Man, I I lost my mind, but luckily I made extra copies. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, and your heart, and your heart too, brother. You it's, know, uh, it, I did a lot of volunteer work, man. Um, before like anything, you know, I was trying to learn how to be broke because I was a hustler. I couldn't stay clean for six months, so I had to learn how to do something because I figured I was trying to learn myself, and that's that's what I figured that I couldn't get past the lifestyle. I've been uh. I used to hustle like when I was I started like when I was 15 so to speak 15 16 um and I just had that hustle bug all of my life pretty much and um I wanted to get clean man like I really wanted to do it and I really wanted to try because I don't think I ever did it like in my adult life um to to do it <laughs> like nice hoodie. so I just wanted to do it right you know I went, for once in my life I wanted to do something right and this was this was it so I, I I figured out, I'm like, man, yeah, I just, every time I try to get clean, I want to stay, um, I, I can't because I want to hustle. I, I feel funny with $2 in my pocket. So I figured out, uh, I figured out that, okay, well, I'm going to do something for me. To, I'm going to learn how to be broke and just do stuff that don't cost no money. Um, so I started doing volunteer work. This is where my heart and stuff started coming in at. So I'm doing volunteer work. I'm like at uh, Salvation Army, Dorothy Day. I used to stay at Dorothy Day. I was I was homeless uh, for a month, four years ago. Um, and um, I was volunteering, and I had a spoonful of spaghetti in my hand. And this guy was like, "Hey, man, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you here with us, man. Help serving us. Thank you so much. You know what I mean?" And my man, I'm like, "Dang, I just got a spoon of spaghetti. You know what I mean?" And, and, and my, <laughs> you know, my first thought, you know, your first thought always, you know. So, I, you know, I'm thinking, like, they only got a spoon of spaghetti. But then, you know what I'm saying, it touched me some type of way, man. You know, um, it touched me. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying, like, I, I I was starting to feel, but, like, I never, like, felt that, like, before. You know, so I just I just signed up for, like, every week after that, you know, for, with that. Um, and then I just started, like, you know, you seen Tom Cruise on that uh, bartender movie or whatever. Like, that was uh, Cocktail. That was, yeah, he like my heart jumped when he told me that, and then the other people following him, you know, behind him. Yeah, man, thank you so much. You didn't have to do this, man. We know you volunteering. We know you're not getting paid, but you here doing this for us, man. Thank you. There's not a lot of people that come here and do this. So, I, man, my heart jumped, man, and I felt good. I felt good about myself. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I felt like it felt like I did something right in this world. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. You know, there's a lot of a lot of emotions going on with me that time. But I signed up for every week, and I was just like Tom Cruise with the spoon of spaghetti. Hey, how you doing? Spinning around. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, you know it did something to me. It made me happy. Like it, it felt the, it felt the void that I was looking for in my life. You know what I'm saying? I was happy to see him and genuinely happy, and it helped me. It helped me. Um, it helped me with me trying to become like a genuine person, an authentic person. So yes. I just started signing up. I started signing up for volunteer stuff, man. And um, got the opportunity. Somebody was like, hey, man, I got this job for you as I'm volunteering. And it just so happened to be um, for the attorney general campaign. And that's when I started working, which was pretty dope. Yeah, that was, you know what I'm saying? That, yeah, it was uh, just from volunteering. You know, I did the kick, Let's Kick Hunger Dive, um, the WCCO radio station. Yeah. Uh, downtown the mall collecting donations. I did. I did. I did a lot of stuff, man. Shelters, Dorothy Day, St. Stephen's. Um, just after that day, after that time, 
that's when I just I just went all in. I just went. You were just Tom Cruise everywhere. I was just signing my name. Hey, how you doing? Whatever you want me to do, you know what I'm saying? It's just like it was, and it was like amazing, man. Yeah, I never thought I had like I get fulfilled of doing something that like I wasn't getting paid for to do. You know what I'm saying? And then I learned later in in, in church, man. It's like unconditional love, man. Doing something without expecting nothing back in return. And I think that's why I felt the, if it filled the void that I was looking for. And I think I pretty much had found my purpose at that time. I just probably didn't know it, you know, um, that I wanted to help people, man. That I wanted to um, be different. You know, I wanted to be like a uh, beacon of hope, beacon of light, you know what I'm saying, to people, an example, you know, that uh, people can change. Absolutely, man. That's beautiful, man. Thanks, man. It's uh. Yeah, man, I, I think about that to this day. It kind of choked me up a little bit because that, you know, that guy, that guy was probably going through the worst time of his life, and he still was able to muster up some love to tell me thank you. Yeah, you know, for and it's just like it's it's like deep and complicated. I mean, complex for me with that. But I just, you know, for somebody to be in the lowest time of their life, thanking somebody like for being there with them, you know, that uh, that means something to me, man. Yeah, that, that's one of those God moments, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's this, those are the times that that's what it led me up to now. I'm part of the ministry of my church, man, uh, at CCM Life Center. So it, it pretty much led me towards my spirituality, too, man. It's a lot of stuff that, like, the path the path that I took, uh, the path that God had me going down, uh, was, you know, the, like, it, it all intertwined somewhere, and it led me towards the church. Yes. You know, and it's just like, it's my life is, my life is, you know, I'm, it's just amazing, man. You know, uh, my life, I didn't, I would never imagine my life like being this way, coming from where I'm coming from in the, in the time frame that I did, you know, like I said, four months ago, I was addicted, four years ago, I'm sorry, I was addicted at home, 2018. And, uh, yeah, man, so it's just change is possible man yeah i know i'm the same way man i, I look back at my life like uh i'll be five years sober this uh november and five years ago i had no clue if i was gonna make it through a day a week you know mm-hmm. but i kept kept saying eh, it won't be today maybe tomorrow and just just kept going mm-hmm. you know even though you know that first year was rough man riding buses and walking but you know, I did I did the crap jobs, man. I, I was emptying trash cans at the hospital, dude. You don't know how disgusting that stuff is in the in the Carolina heat. <laughs> uh, it was rough. I bet. But you know, I did it. I did it to the best of my ability. And pretty soon, you know, they offered me a position inside the hospital, and, and I started doing that. You know, and nice. then it led in my full time job in the hospital. I mean, it's just I mean, you just keep moving forward, man, and, and good things happen. I mean. I mean, everyone, everyone thinks that their past is, is, is just going to keep holding them back, but you got your new life's waiting on you. That only thing I get by is just letting go of that past. So true. I, I had to say something. Brett was on me. He was saying I didn't talk. That's <laughs> true. Oh, and a big shout out to my niece, Ashley Neeson. She shared for the, her story for the first time this week. Proud yeah, I think she's got, uh, what do you got, nine months now? Yeah. Got a girl. And she has the coolest name possible. 
<laughs> yeah, her, her sister's uh, Amber so Noel Neeson. So now that she got some practice, she's ready to come be a guest on RRL, right? I told her. I told her she's going to be taking my spot here soon. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But you're the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard something great. I heard I did hear something great today in uh, one of the mobilized workshops. Uh, I was in the uh, Rise Together with the Phoenix. They said when we can start, uh, when we can quit labeling people, and start looking at everyone as as people, then then you know the world will change. I mean, yeah. it's so true. I'm like, you know, they they were they were dead dead right on that one. Because we're all the same, man. We all the same. Blood. I don't got you know. I don't. Yeah, I don't put no labels on people. Yeah. Um. Because it, it, you know, I shake the I shake your hand just like if it was a guy yeah. on the street yeah. sitting on the curb or a CEO. Or, you know what I mean, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever, a, a person is a person. That's the beauty of humanity, what people don't think about, man. It's the individuality of everybody. You know what I mean? That's the that's where the beauty lies in, man. The differences that we have, the, our thought patterns, you know what I'm saying? The way we the way we think about, the way we uh, uh, think about the world or, you know, the, the, our own thoughts. You know, that's a, it's, a, it's a beauty of that to me with people. You know, and uh, and people have like the wrong gave us the wrong definition. I think of like what beauty is. You know, beauty is the differences that I see in people. You know, and I, I appreciate and I respect the beauty of people and like you know uh, different other cultures. Yeah, you know, and uh, other people cultures and other people different ways of doing things. You know what I'm saying? I I, I like I appreciate that. You know, I I really do. Let me let me ask this question to all of you guys. Uh, back in the height of your addictions, did you look at the world as a evil place? Oh yeah, without a doubt, I thought it was <laughs> dark, horrible place, and I hated myself and I hated everybody else. And even if something was good, then I distrusted it. Yeah, distrusted but, it. Right, everything but, was a hustle. Everything. Right, but when I when I really uh, started to change in here, uh, my spirit changed, all that. It Like, recovery turned everything upside down on its head for me. Like, I see the beauty in the world. I see the world through a different lens. I realize that there's a lot of good in the world, a lot of good people. You know, it's just cool. Everything's the polar opposite for me. That's my answer. <laughs> me too, Billy. Me yeah. too. It, my my like my world looked like a Batman movie. You know, <laughs> my, it was Gotham City every day, man. Yeah, it, was right? it was dark. Yeah. I want to say something about the last thing you said before. I don't mean to change the subject, but when you talked about seeing people as people, um, I think it's so important too because if we start treating people like we don't know who they are and we don't you don't have the judgment that you come into a situation with a label. So you actually start to listen to them. You actually listen to what they need so that they can tell you, even if they're not at a place that they can tell you yet, you're, you're listening and you're asking like the motivational interviewing type questions instead of just yes, no, because you already know what their answer is going to be because you're already having that judgment and that bias. I think that naturally when we take labels away, we would take the judgment away and we would be able to treat people better not not only just like in a kindness way but also 
like clinically because we would actually listen to what they're saying instead of assuming. Yeah, giving them quality care. And that's what I'm working on now, like the four agreements. The four agreements, uh, I think one of them is uh, uh, don't assume. You know, uh, because we, you know, we, we can't, can't assume what some what somebody's going through or what somebody's thinking. Right. You know, we can we can probably think what we can probably think that we know, but is that fair to that individual, that person? You know, they, we can think that they lying, but are they? Is a is it a possibility that they could be telling the truth? If it's a possibility that they could be telling the truth, then we probably need to be uh, listening to to people because everybody processes pain and trauma and grief differently. You know what I mean? So we have to take people's, um, you know, we can go through uh, diagnosis all the time, but, you know, to hear a person, how they express it out their mouth um, is probably the best diagnosis ever. We can go, we can try to uh, treat or handle or even just care, man, you know, care for somebody and just support them in what they're going through. And I, and I'm glad that, um, you know, it was, I don't have a um, look at people with that lens or, you know what I'm saying, uh, with things like that and stuff like that because I, I, I want to be more effective uh, counselor. I want to be more effective clinician. I think to be a more effective clinician, we have to look at people just like Ashley said, without without that uh, that uh, assumption or judgment of people. Right. So you're not Batman anymore. We treat I'm not. I wasn't, I wasn't ever Batman. I was a joker. Oh, <laughs> in Gotham. Just Batman movie. I was just... <laughs> then Ashley, when you said "Me Too" to Billy, was that you were saying that your answer would have been that there was no world; it was all just you. It was just you. I, I just didn't care. I don't think like if. I, and when I did start to care, I just numbed. So I don't know that during active addiction, it was all about not going with through withdrawals and I'm there was just not no hope I think that's what recovery changed for me is there was hope and you know right um and I, I think that that's also like when JP was talking too about you know how has a clinician he wants to listen but I think we also cheat ourselves when we don't listen or we mm. don't think because somebody could be so amazing and if we don't listen to them and really get to know them we cheat ourselves from learning and I just think people are so cool. Like everyone <laughs> is like, you know, you, you can learn something from anyone. It doesn't matter right. what their educational level is or what their situation is. Like mm-hmm. everyone can teach you something. And if you don't l- let yourself, you know, be open to learning, you're cheating yourself. Dude, I used to have a sponsor. It's not my current sponsor, but he told me a long time ago, cause there was a couple guys that would come into this Alano I was going to, and every time I'd see him walk through the door, you'd see big eye roll, and I'd be like, oh, my God, this guy, you know. And then every time they'd open their mouth, I'd be like, oh, God. And then this dude straight up just puts me on the spot. He's like, from now on, when we get to the meeting, just put your fucking head down and and don't say nothing. Like, and, and don't look, right? And I just keep your head in your arms and sit there and listen like a good boy. I was like, Oh, okay. But his point was exactly what you're talking about, Ashley, that then I would get the message because 
that person could be carrying the message that I need that day. And I'm going to miss it because I'm sitting here in judgment of them right off the bat before they even say anything. Right. So my ears are automatically off. And you know why I stopped judging people too? Cause I used to always be wrong. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are my favorite people though. The ones that prove me wrong. Yeah. That, like I think something in my head and, and like, or there's a situation I think I know and they prove me wrong. Like that's those are my favorite people. I was like, I can't believe I, I was like, they turned out to be so cool. I had them yeah. all messed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know what? I just need to stop judging. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just need to stop getting this out of my, like going into the rooms taught me like stuff, like stuff that, wasn't even about in the rooms, you know what I'm saying? It's like how it's like how Jason said, like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you just put your head down or whatever. But I could look up, like, oh yeah, look, he gonna get up and you know and say something. And this dude say something profound. I was like, oh well, I guess I was wrong. Yeah. I didn't know he. Was, I didn't know he even had it in him. You know what I'm saying? Super. And just say something profound. I just learned something. I took out my notebook listening to listening to dude. And um, I was just like, you know, what? I'm just wrong. You know what? Let me just come here. And just not not judge people and not you know what I'm saying like I learned the lesson I learned a valuable lesson in that um, in in going into into those rooms and stuff like that. But that was just like a a, a remnant of the old me, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Thinking I can uh, uh, figure somebody out like before you know we even interact type of thing. Right. So, well, and then you got to factor in too, and it kind of goes hand in hand with what you were talking about earlier about how like if you're healthier that you're going to make the healthier choice for the other thing, you know, but it's like in that aspect, you're when, when we came in, we're broken and my picker is broken. So I'm going to be attracted to, you know, all of these, you know, toxic people. Mm -hmm. But once I started to continue to do the deep work in inside myself and, you know, eventually it's like, now I'm not, I'm no longer, I can go to a town and I'm gravitating right towards the drug people somehow. And that used to be right. my story. Everywhere yeah. I went, there they were. Hey, what's up? You're just like me. What's up? <laughs> you know, now I'm gravitating towards these healthier people. You know, I'm gravitating mm-hmm. towards people that are making a difference, a positive impact in the community around them. And that's right. so <clears throat> awesome. That's that's awesome, man. It's, it's the same thing with everything, man, in life. With cigarettes, you start jogging, and you start jogging, and you making jogging a habit, and you just smoke cigarettes, you're not going to pick them cigarettes up, man. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to pick them cigarettes up. And it's just it's just amazing, like, how that works. You know, it's just amazing how how I used to live, like, uh, in the hood, and, be, like Jason said, been around these same people, and these type of people go to different states and different towns and find these people. It's just like I just drop right in the middle of them. Right. Like, <laughs> my, people, my people, yeah, we so live. We've been waiting Dude. on you, like you're waiting on me to come. It's and weird now, as hell. And now my whole Facebook, my whole Facebook is changed. You know what I'm saying? With just positive people, man, positive stuff. Like uh, it's amazing, man. How how a 780? I don't know what's hiding in the 360, man. But whatever's hiding <laughs> in the 360, I did that like four times, man. And it's just people is the way and the, and. And Jr. Just to uh, touch on you, how how you said uh, how I look at the world. Now it's like my world is like bright, like every space that was dark in my life. The way I'm looking at it now is like got light on it. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm in the light. Like I used to just come out in the dark. I used to be nocturnal, sleep in the day and sleep in the day and go out. In the, but you know, what I'm saying now it's like you know now it's like it's a it's a form of freedom. 
you know what I'm saying, that, that I have, like, even the dark alleys is, like, lit up, you know what I'm saying, in my in my mind when I look around. And things don't look the same. Things don't look as as bleak as it once did. You know, I see possibilities and I see hope and I see uh, a lot of stuff. Even if all this stuff is going around, it's just like it's like a whole different perspective of the way I uh, perceive the world now, man. It's it's like amazing, man. That's beautiful, dude. Because we start looking for the good in people now, Mm -hmm. for the bad anymore. What about you, Brett? You never answered the question. Which oh the question about what what it was like when we were in active addiction. Well, repeat the question for him, Jr. During your the height of your active addiction, did you see the world as evil, dark, jaded? I'm gonna go with a similar answer to Billy. Um, I would say that the world revolved around me there was no there was no world outside of what was going on you know i was just so focused on maintaining that high and not feeling anything that yeah there was there was no world outside of that okay fair enough yeah it's weird because you know i've lived in charleston for like 20 plus years now and the majority of it was during, you know, my active addiction. And I never knew how beautiful this place was until I was, uh, I started to sober up and I was staying at the homeless shelter and I had to walk there every day to the hospital, which is like, you know, two miles. So I'd I'd take different paths through the uh, neighborhoods and I'd just be looking around like, man, where did this place come from? And it's been there for hundreds of years. I mean, it's it's amazing what you can start to see once you start seeing. You know, you're not gonna post my quote, Brett. I'll post it. I I try to when it's a longer post, I try to wait till we go to a single shot. Oh, okay. Taking up the whole. Oh, okay, that's a good quote. I, I love it. That is a good quote. It's like we're looking at stuff with, with like baby eyes. Like I'm looking at it with baby eyes now. Yeah. Like everything. Everything's, everything's looking new. You know, um, it's like an experience with like everything. I even took a early recovery. I took a walk in Lauren Park, man. Seen the beauty in that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like right in right in your backyard. Like you didn't even know. Didn't I even know. It. Didn't even know it. Somebody, uh, somebody said um, in one the, in the meeting, um, I'm gonna keep them anonymous. Um, said that man, he didn't even know the birds chirp in the morning. <laughs> at six o'clock wow. in the morning when he was up he didn't even know because he was so used to uh chasing chasing drugs and stuff early in the morning that he didn't he what he was saying is that he enjoyed he take the time now to close his eyes and like listen to the birds chirping and like enjoy it as an experience versus you know um him doing something else or trying to chase drugs or trying to sell them and stuff like that and i thought about that i was like that is amazing man that you can just take time and just enjoy nature, man, and just enjoy the experience of hearing birds chirping and, and things like that, stuff that you haven't experienced, like in your addiction or why you were experiencing addiction. Absolutely. Do we want to try the new call in number? <laughs> Let's yeah, do it. Live Let's do it. on the spot. On the spot. Never yeah. done before in RR history. 
First wow. time. So That's who's nice. gonna be the first one to make history? Be the first oh. caller on the live. Oh, I gotta plug this. In. I gotta make this other cord in. That quick? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, ready. I'm ready. Call in live. The Google subscriber you have called is not available. Please leave a message after the tone. Was that you trying to call the number? What was that? Did it not work? JR, dude. He's over there laughing. Did, hard. You, try, <laughs> did you try to call it, JR? We should have probably prank dialing the, the number. He's totally pranking <laughs> us. Let's see what happens. So we're going to see what happens. I, I can't call the number because it's going through a Google Voice on my phone, so I can't call it to check it. Oh. Oh, somebody else said not available. Well, that was an epic fail. I'll, I'll fix that by, for next week. <laughs> Doesn't StreamYard offer that option for streams? Uh, not that I know of. And if not, StreamYard, that'd be a really good idea for a tool to have in your uh, toolbox for us to use. <clears throat> Maybe you got to have a premium account for that. I do have a premium account. Oh, I was just kidding. I figured. I'm so used to, I'm so used to on the Way Out podcast, dude. We do everything with free software, dude. We're super, like, tight wads about it. <laughs> we don't want to spend a lot of money on stuff. Because <laughs> it's service, you know. I pay, for, I pay for the premium account. That's very good, sir. Thanks. Thank you, Brett. Oh, it was a donation to the cause. Thank you, Brett. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're amazing. Why is this not working? It says this Google subscriber is not available. Oh, you probably got it on Do Not Disturb. I turned it <laughs> off before the show started. Or do you have to to like verify it in your email when you set it up? Maybe you didn't like verify it. I verified it earlier. Why is this? Does not it let working? you work do it while you're on this? Because maybe this is using the audio and stuff on your. Billy says he just left a message. It didn't Ooh. let me leave a message. It just said the Google oh, subscribers oh, 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 aren't available. Oh, oh, I I found something that I didn't check. All right, somebody else try. Oh, let me put it back on the screen. <laughs> I found a little checkbox that I didn't check. <laughs> See, you needed to verify. Aha, we got a caller. It's Jr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we got Ashley Grimes. Somebody oh, Ashley Grimes Somebody twice. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> it works. It works. Ah, Let's make right, history. All right, now let's let like a real listener. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys are the coolest. I love you guys. Now somebody really make history. I don't count. Caller number five won a recovery revolution bracelet. Huh? Oh, yeah, number five. I gotta find them. Actually, <laughs> I got. Some we have some NASCAR shirt. things. Oh yeah, we have NASCAR tickets. I got hope dealers for shirts. where. The Hall of Fame. Oh, Charlotte, no, North like, Carolina, where's it located? Man. It's good for a year. Yeah, you can come anytime in a year. They'll give you two if you're the first caller. 
Where, where, what city, what state? Charlotte. North Carolina. Billy said I left a message. Does that count? I think waiting. Billy's grandfathered in on that deal. <laughs> so the first actual live caller gets the one pair, and then Billy gets the other pair. How about that? And it works. NASCAR. I think the NASCAR Hall of Fame. NASCAR Hall of Fame. Graciously donated oh, oh, these. Oh, things. we got a caller. We got a caller. <clears throat> Hello, caller. Welcome to Recovery Revolution Live. <laughs> Hello. Who are we speaking with? I would like um, two bracelets into my address that J.R. Weaver shorted me for the last time he sent me bracelets. So this is Ashley. Eastern. <laughs> oh, what's up, Ashley? Congrats on the clean time. Hello. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Hang up. I was, Hang up. I was like, she's not going to say her address on the live. Is she? It's like, oh, my fingers crossed. Oh, we got crossed. somebody else trying to call in now, I didn't too. know how to multitask. Okay, I'll send, you, I'll send you five more. <laughs> Are we the first recovery podcast to have a live call-in number? No. I'm no. sure not. You're not. Don't shoot down my... Oh, she's gone. <laughs> somebody else tried to call in. Ashley hung up that quick. She, she didn't want to. She didn't really want to talk to us. <laughs> she wanted to be the first. She's like, I win. NASCAR. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she wanted the tickets. Well, yeah, at least she wanted it's... like twenty bracelets. I'm like, I'll give you ten. <laughs> Things cost me a dollar each. Right. Well, now you owe her two NASCAR Hall of Fame tickets too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, by the way, Ashley. Thanks for being the first. Ashley, if you come to Daytona, I'll take you to the the NASCAR here. They have a museum or like a tour thing. The 500. Oh, yeah. You guys got the Daytona 500. Hell, yeah. Maybe you could show up with those tickets that JR's got and be like, what? It says NASCAR on it. <laughs> Kayla tried to call. Kayla, call back. Who, that's probably who called while we were on the line with Ashley. JR, she said she would she'd pay for them. Don't be cheap. That... <laughs> Come on, JR. <laughs> there, goes, there goes your raises, just so y'all know. Hey, I'm not I'm not throwing mud on your name, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's the raise on zero? Up real quick. <laughs> what's the raise on zero? Yeah, it's. I didn't throw shade either. She said yeah. she'd pay for him, so I wasn't calling you cheap if it's even. True that. <laughs> Kayla, call back, please. <laughs> oh, she was handing them out after she gave her speech. Look at that, Jr. She was advertising the Facebook page for you, and you want to charge her for those bracelets? I did not bracelet. charge her. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh. I just shorted her. That's it. <laughs> no problem, Ashley. I got your back. Got to oh, stick together oh, against. Oh, we got another caller. Oh, let's go. Welcome to Recovery Revolution Live, caller. Who are we speaking with? 
Say that again. It's Billy. What's up, Billy? Hey, Billy. What's Billy Christian. What's going on? Right. Uh, Hope Inc, brother. Hope Inc. How's it going? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, so is it Hope yeah. Inc, I-N-K, or Hope Inc, I-N-C? I-N-C. Ah, okay. So incorporated, not tattoos. We give hope on a weekly basis. Awesome. Okay. Yo, there you go. Is that something that has something to do with the magazine? Is that has something to do with? Absolutely not. Okay. Nope. It's uh, any fellowship. Oh, gotcha. No. Yep. I I chair I chair that meeting on uh, Wednesday nights. JR was actually a guest speaker last night, so it was amazing. Okay. Great. I was going to say, I, I was going to say, didn't I see a flyer for that yesterday? Yeah, I was yeah. in the thread, and none of y'all showed up. Just well, like, I'm not in New York, so. I was at work. <laughs> it's a Zoom platform, brother. It's a, it's a, it's a hybrid meeting. So we're oh, person sh- in on Zoom. So he didn't tell us that. Showed up. No, My bad. He didn't tell us that. Uh-huh. He said, I'm going to this uh-huh. meeting. And then- My bad, dude. Honestly, I fell asleep at 6 o'clock last night. It's a, it, it was a great okay. meeting. I mean, they had some great people there. I heard some great stories. I bet. Yeah. Some, they had some veterans there. The greatest thing about a Zoom, Zoom platform, JR don't need to speak every week in order for you to show up and see what it's about. Amen, brother. Yeah. Amen, bro. Yeah, we're, there every, we're there every week, 7, 15, 8, 30 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. And so, I have the flyer. So so, so, who you want to recruit for your next week, Billy? Uh, whoever who wants to speak for me next week. <laughs> Brad. He gets to pick. Don't all speak at Somebody. Once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I don't, it's, 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 it's whoever wants to do service. You know what I mean? It's the beauty of the, of, of the program. Giving back what's freely given, given to you. You know what I mean? Share some uh, experience, strength, and hope. Get the blessings. You know what I mean? Give the experience, strength, and hope. You know what I mean? But you say in the, in the meeting can be so profound, you might have to up the next six and seven an addict. That's right. You know, Absolutely. That's what about. You know, I'm going almost 19 years strong here. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. February February 19th will be 19 years for me. Nice. Wow. So, Congratulations. No fronts. Thank you very much. You know, the no beautiful front. thing. Um, you know, people people like JR coming into my life, helping me uh helping me stay stay clean. You know, people like y'all, you know, giving that message and giving that hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get something profound out of any any message, you know what I mean? Like I said in the uh, in the uh, room, you don't have to like the messenger in order to like the message. Yeah, so, right. Get something out of any any message. That's right. Um, I don't know, man. I can I would be, uh, you know, be honored to speak at uh, one of your things, man. I'm, I don't know about next week though, um, because I got All right, another. Listen, we'll link up. Yeah, we'll same. One time, and then, uh, yeah. Absolutely, that'd be a good blessing, man. Same, know, Billy. Yeah, if you have your phone line or anything, but listen, you guys are great. I'm gonna get back online and I'll uh, listen to you guys live. All right. All right, Thanks Billy. For calling, Billy. Yes, sir. Thank you. I love y'all. Peace. Peace, man. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I kind of like that phone thing, man. Yeah, yeah we like keep having more like people trying too. to call. We got more people trying to call in while there's other people on the line, and then the call doesn't come through. Huh. Somebody with a somebody with an eight four three number. Oh, connecting. We got another caller. Eight four three. That's South Carolina. Hello, caller. Welcome to Recovery Revolution Live. 
Hi, good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Fantastic. You're doing great. Thank you for asking. You're speaking to someone from Florida. I wanted to find out from you guys where you guys are located in Texas. I'm in Texas. Uh, Jason's in in Minnesota. Ashley's in Florida. JR's in Charleston, South Carolina, soon to be Costa Rica. And JP is also in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yep. Did you you say you were in Florida? Yes, I'm in Florida. Where in Florida are you? I am in um, um, West Palm Beach. I work throughout the West Palm Beach area. Oh, okay. I I have some people I I respect and love. (laughs) How are you guys holding up? I, I know you guys had some rough weather too. Yes, you did have um, a little storm going through, but what I do, I actually go around the country. I'm working recovery, so I was going on my phone and watch you guys talking about some of the things that goes on in recovery. And I just want to tell you guys, keep up the good work because we're really in a very bad, bad state now when it comes to recovery. We're seeing so much upcoming new people just being addicted to all kind of stuff. Um, it's crazy across the country. Mm-hmm. It is. We're actually losing somebody every 2.5 minutes up to, mm-hmm. I think it's 550 per day from what I heard earlier today. Wow. Yeah. You and it's not, a, and it's not a coincidence that, that a lot of us that's, uh, in recovery or recovery advocates are like crossing the state lines and like interacting with each other, like, especially like this podcast here. Um, we doing this outside of here, just like linking up with other people from other states and different stuff like that. And I think yeah. that's a, that's beautiful also. It's all about networking, man. Yeah. My question is to you guys, what can we do right now? Because I'm a mom and also someone that work in, in, in recovery. And I'm seeing this occurring from really young age. We're talking about 9, 10, 11-year-old kids that are using stuff that you would never believe. And my question is, we're not touching that age group as yet because it's so much fear because a lot of parents don't want people to know that their kids are going through this. And I think because of that, it it gives this addiction a huge area to grow. Right. Was anybody on that the thing today um, about the youth panel for prevention? I was on part of it. Yeah, part of it. But there are some there are some great programs starting today. I was just on a Zoom with uh, a lady that started Rise Prevention, and uh, she's in upstate South Carolina. They are actually going into the schools, the middle schools now, and they are uh, they're working with government agencies to get them in more areas now. They are they are. You know, uh, early education is one of, one of the key factors. I always thought was would be one of the ways that we we start battling this this uh this epidemic. I mean, because you know what we what we've been doing hasn't really worked, and it's about time for us to start thinking outside the box and addressing some of these issues that you know people like you know JP, AG, Rhett, uh, Brett, and, and Jason. We all know about it, but. But, you know, we're not getting the uh, support from, you know, government to, to do what we know would help 
you know, at least slow this process down. But, right. you know, it's, it's great to hear that there are school uh, early education schools and recovery high schools. Yeah. So let me let me give you some facts from the, the panel today from the National Council of Wellbeing. So they asked youth, and this is how they answered, who would you be likely to trust in advising you not to use or to stop using substances? 68% said youth or adults who formerly used substances. So people with lived experience, 68% said they would trust them. Wow. 68% said healthcare providers. 67% said friends or peers. And 63% said parents or guardians. So I think a big thing to talk about is people with lived experience going and talking about their experiences in schools because obviously yeah. they're listening. Um, so reasons why my youth my youth my age would choose to abstain from substance use. 32% said it may be bad for their health. 32% said they weren't interested. 31% might mess up their goals or plans for the future. 31% want to make healthy choices. So programs like JP's program would also be a prevention program because if you're healthy and you want to make healthy choices or you have goals and plans, like doing something like those types of programs in the school are prevention. Um, and it said reasons why youth my age choose to use. 42% to cope with depression, anxiety, or mother or other mental health issues. So that's 42%. That was the top reason. So if we're not addressing youth mental health, right. we're opening the door for 42%. 39% um, said friends or other people are doing it. 34% said to cope with problems with family, friends, or school. So if they're using it to cope, maybe there needs to be other coping mechanisms to deal with problems or talking about it, conversations. And then 30% said they enjoy it or it was, or they think it's fun. So, the, I mean, out of the top three reasons, two of them, open, honest communications and talking about our lived experience are solutions. Yeah. Oh, is yeah, just like, you know, it's like. Let me just ask another question because I know you guys have um, a lot of callers. Um, and I, I can speak from both sides of the coin. I can, in my program, we call it the receiver, which is the parents and all the family members that deal with people that are in addiction. That's another spectrum that is not even touched yet. But also when it comes to working with youth, I specifically finding out that we're not partnershiping correctly. As soon as someone try to partnership with another person that have a strong program or program that can coexist and work in school, then you go to, people go to the defensive side. And I mm. think that's a lot of issue that we're seeing out there because I travel around the country, mm. every state I've gone into, and I would say, okay, this is what we're looking at. This is what we're seeing. Not only around the country, I work out of the country. I do a lot of work in the Caribbean also because we're now seeing the transition movement in addiction moving over in those areas. They wasn't drifters. They were like weed and a bear and stuff like that. Now we're seeing hardcore drugs getting over and they don't have a clue what you're dealing with. So 
And I would say, let's partnership and let's talk. Let's collectively talk to these people that we don't have things that are coming to us and we're not sending things. And a lot of people backed off. Um, can I say something about this? Um, I'm, I'm pretty much, um, I'm known, uh, I guess, for, uh, for being a recovery advocate. But I also, mm-hmm. I also um, work within the youth ministry at my church. Um, so I work with the teenagers and stuff. And, like, um, that's another pretty much like a, a passion of mine. Because I think the same way you think, man. Um, um, I think it was Frederick Douglass. I think it was Frederick Douglass. He said uh, um, he had a quote. He said that it's, it's easier to, um, it's easier to, to, to make strong children than it is to fix broken men. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, I, I work with, I, actually, I was a youth counselor before. Uh, I'm going to school right now for um, for social work. So I'm going to be doing my internship, I uh, think, in, in the school um, once I get to that point. But I work with the youth uh, in, within the youth ministry, and that's exactly what we're trying to, like, avoid. So me being aware of like what's going on out here in the recovery community, I can take those back to the kids and just talk to them um, mm-hmm. about like not being involved in the streets. We have like, you know, they can come to the church and uh, we have like youth night, kids night. They got a party bus, you know, they can get on it in certain different times um, just to show the kids that they can have fun without being a part of what's going on out in the street. Yeah. You know, and we hold different keep in touch with you guys and, and, and collectively share across the country and out of the country stuff that I've seen. Let me tell you something. I, I'm not this is not something that is a joke for me. It is very serious because I'm seeing it firsthand where it's very bad right now. Really bad in, in the sense where my daughter would call me and said, Mommy, I have a friend that's just getting ready to die, and I got to go to. So I'm not talking from just standing online and seeing it. I'm see, I'm in front of these kids' eyes. I'm right there holding them. I'm right there pushing back in people. It's very, very bad. And sometimes when I look and I watch and see people just sit online and, and they say the words that sound right and look beautiful, I don't want to hear the beautiful stuff. I want to take off. We we need to take off our shoes, get down and dirty. Because watching you guys and hearing you guys coming back from such a, a dark spot in your life and seeing you guys doing such a great thing, these are the stories that need to be told. It's not mm. the fancy story. I don't want right. to hear the fancy story. Right. 100%. <laughs> I agree with you, man. That's exactly what we're trying to do. That's what my organization tries to do. And I definitely want to get involved with um, the kids and, and stuff like that because I see it too, and I see it firsthand too. I'm from I'm, I'm from the streets of Chicago, um, so I not only that I've seen the streets of Chicago, but also the streets of Minnesota. You know, and just uh, I just wanted I wanted my organization to have a section um, for helping kids on the street and stuff like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Stop it at its root, man. Stop it at its root. You got to go up there and catch them instead of seeing why they. Uh, while they while they drowning and dying, you gotta go up there and catch them before they get down there. Yeah, man. Uh, and, yeah. and that's why that's why that's I, uh, I work with the youth at, at the church because yeah. those are inner city youth that we work with uh, from the and north I side. I want you guys to understand and remember something. You gotta remember, just looking at all five of you guys, you guys came out of it, but now you're talking about having your kids, and there's some kids that 
some parents that don't have what you guys are giving, that ha that are dealing with the same issues. Your kids are going into school with these kids. Yeah. So it's some really deep work need to be done, and I appreciate you guys, and I'm so glad to came on, come on you guys show, and I hope that I can keep in touch with you guys. You guys come on every Thursdays or? Every Thursday night at 7 p.m., yep, Central Time. What's your name, by the way? It's, the name is Maxine Hines. I run, I run lifestyle life. Li Maxine Hines, Life After Recovery Coaching Solution. Pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Pleasure, Thank you for calling. Pleasure meeting you, Maxine. If you can inbox me, if you can inbox me, JP. Um, you know, I'd definitely like to talk to you more about that. I'll send you. I don't. I don't. I'm older, so you know, old people do not know how to use um, <laughs> social media. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 can, you can see your email. You can see your email in the uh, thing, and I grab it. Okay, so I'm gonna send it to you guys. I appreciate you guys. Please keep up the good work. Please continue to do what you're doing because we know that we can't reach everybody. But if we can reach three, four, five, collectively, we can make a difference. Each one, reach one, man. Your kids and the rest of the kids that need help, and and grown-ups too. Amen. I love your heart. I love your heart. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. No Thank problem. you for all the work you're doing. I appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Something we don't talk about enough is how hard funding is for youth programs. Like, we talk yeah. about youth so much, but they have a hard time getting funding for these programs. Like, really hard. When I was a youth mm -hmm. counselor at a group home um, when I was in school, they shut down because they didn't have funding. You know, um, which was, that you sucks. know, just, yeah, man, it was, you know, it was, uh, kids in the foster care system. Uh, it was a, a Department of Corrections uh, ran place. So if they came out of jail to that place. And you would think the well of money would be bottomless. Wouldn't you think that? I mean, this is a real need and it's a good program. So why are we shutting it down? Like, come on, man. There's Yeah, there's not enough. I mean, treatment beds, there's not enough. Like for any of it, I mean, it's mm. in Florida especially. Like it's it's really hard. To and get. it's not a lot of and it's not a lot of after school programs or anything. You know what I'm saying? Like how you know back when I was growing up, it was a few after school programs. Those got shut down too, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just it's just odd that you know it's just ironic to think of it like that. But it's no place for kids to go, but the streets. You know, you know what I mean? It's it's it has kids have to have like some place to go. Like someplace safe, I think. I don't, I don't know. That's just what I think. You I know, agree. So, and yeah, and they have you know programs and different things to teach them some stuff. And, you know, I don't know. They and the kids just got the streets after school. Then what is it after that? Yeah, and I mean, we want we take away you know music programs and art programs, and it's right. I mean, yeah. it's. <laughs> Now they do have um, Peas Academy. Shout out to Mike. You know, um, they do have Peas Academy, which is a recovery high school um, here in Minnesota. Uh, Mike is a, pretty much a good friend of mine, man. He runs uh, the the academy. He's doing great things, man. You know, sharing with the kids and all that good stuff, uh, which I think is dope. Which I think is needed. Which is, is more of those type of uh, facilities are needed, man. You know, Joseph Green does so much great stuff too with with youth. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Ally Mass we Voice. Another, we got another uh, call coming in. 
Okay. Welcome to Recovery Revolution Live. Yes, uh, I have a question for Brad. That's JR. (laughs) (laughs) Connection. Connection. I could tell. I could. I recognize his voice, and he's doing. Who's doing this? He's like, (laughs) sir. This is a this is a serious calling number, not a prank calling number. I should have known when it came in as unknown. He star eighty two that shit, (laughs) or is it star six nine? I can't. Six six nine. nine. Star six nine, right? Dude, I haven't done that in 20 years. You blocked my number. <laughs> so their caller ID doesn't pick it up. You can still do that? I, I probably. I had to Google it. I couldn't remember what it was. I was like, what is it? Star 6-7. Star 6-7. You know, we lost two like AOL chat rooms and stuff. <laughs> Billy's like, wow, dude. Talking about Star 69. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about that the other day. Hey, 69, what? Sorry. Now we got to talk to people we know, or they have to see our picture, and then we're real. Like we used to have chat rooms; you could just talk with anybody and imagine what they look like. Imagine what they look like. Right. They're still around. Chat rooms. Uh huh. Yeah, totally. Lots of them. Man, so I know you're a busy man, JP. But like, what do you have any other things coming up? Like anything cooking? You know, I keep some in the oven, Jason. I'm glad you I know it. you do, dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got um this event that's coming up, um, which is a um clean and serene Halloween party. Um, uh, I'm doing it with a lot of other entities, um, wellness in the woods, Minnesota Young Adults for Recovery. It's a lot of uh Willard, uh Sober Squad, uh Colin them. Um, so we all came together and uh, putting on this, uh, hosting this clean and serene Halloween party, October 30th, from 4 to 9, from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Smith's Arts Loft. Smith's Art Loft. Um, 900 West 7th Street, St. Paul. Um, it's a costume contest, open mic, free food and drinks. Guest speaker is going to be Colin Cash art project so it's, uh, it's a big art thing uh, i just sent you the flyer brett if you can yeah. get that up on there so it's gonna this be this is what i was talking about earlier i was like i'm scared yeah. to go it's <laughs> too scary the flyer is too scary dude i got that <laughs> got that coming up i got some else in the works uh possible uh second annual hope dealathon yeah we trying to put that we trying to me and me and the wife trying to put that together um, so hopefully, you know what I'm saying, we can get some sponsors for it um, to help us help us out with this thing. Um, if anybody know what a Hope Dillathon is, it's, uh, it'll be like our two-year, three-year, two-year anniversary, two, two-year, three-year anniversary. We didn't do one last year. Um, right. But it's a, um, it's like a whole big shending of sober fun, how, um, a resource, fair in the, resource fair in the daytime, speaker jam in the afternoon, and... Uh, a dance party. So we're trying to plan this and put this together uh, for New Year's. So somebody have some a safe place to go uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, so to speak, or night, you know. Um, so, yeah, so we usually we do it in, uh, for Halloween, but I'm doing this. So I'm trying to plan that. 
hopefully we can get some sponsors to help sponsor us with that. Um, you know, cause it was it was it was huge the last time we did it, man. It was really dope. Um, yeah. That um, and in March I have the next. Um, hopefully I'm, I'm partnering up with uh, Minnesota Recovery Connection and put on our next peer recovery specialist training. What would that be? Your third one? That would be the third one. Yes. Yeah. So man. we had a lot of good, lot of good peers come out and do good things in the community, man. So that um, not only can you have the peer recovery specialist title, you graduated the coaching academy, but your certificate has that sweet logo on it. Not that, <laughs> not that scary one. Yeah, just kidding. That's the flyer for the party coming up. JP, can I ask you a favor? Yes, ma'am. And the, um, so since you're wanting you're wanting a youth portion of your program, and that's what you wanted to do. You know, and you're doing peer trainings. Mm. Maybe if you trained a couple youth peers to be able to start your program. Well, we did that pretty much, so to speak, already. Um, We pushed. Then you don't need to do a main favor. Well, well, (laughs) well, it's just one. It was just one. Um, Gavin, if I could shout his name out, Um, he graduated. He's probably the youngest person to graduate from that. Um, he went off to start up a, a, a young people's meeting at 2218, and he's on the news for being uh, an advocate for young adults and stuff like that. So we did, we had one. Um, if we get some people that has a significant amount of um, uh, recovery under their belt, you know what I'm saying, we push him through, he was one of them. Um, and, you know, yeah, he went off to do great things. He's doing big things out there, you know what I mean? And it's dope. And uh, I think a lot of uh, the youth like needs some stuff like that. So I have another individual in mind. I'm just going to have to wait and see what that looks like. You know, don't want to assume nothing. So I just want to uh, just want to see, want to see him continue to work his magic and uh, go and join the class. So it's not yeah. really, you know, um, and also, you know, you you don't have to have um, like your high school diploma to take our classes take our training class, but you do have to have a high school diploma to take the certification test. So some people use that as a um, incentive to get their GED or something like that, you know, set the five. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's why we did it that way. Because, you know, so it's, it's a difference if you have, well, I don't know, I don't want to say it like that, but if you, it's a difference if you have a reason to go do it. You know what right. I mean? So if you have a reason to go get it, then you would get it. I didn't see people got their GEDs faster trying to sign up, trying to get their certification. And I've seen people just trying to get their GED. You know what I mean? Because some people just getting their GED and like, oh, well, nothing else is happening. But if they have something, you know, to look forward to or something tangible that they, for one, they accomplish something, they, they graduate the training class. You know what? I'm going to go get my GED. Somebody said they had their GED in like four months, man. <laughs> I took the test. Yeah. And I don't know what the rules are there, but I know like here to have the youth designation, it's um, it you had to have, you know, a significant event, either mental health or substance use disorder from the age of 14 to 25, and you have to be younger than 29 when you get it. So it doesn't have to be somebody that's under 18 necessarily to, to get that youth designation. Um, and if you're watching and you're going to go to his certification class and you don't have your GED, I promise you I will help you if you need help, work with you, or I will con somebody into helping you we will we'll make sure you get past that certification line and that 
GED line so we can get it. Yeah, so it's uh, um, it's gonna it's it's I'm looking forward to this class. A lot of people uh, being down my inbox asking me, so I thought I'd throw that information out there. So it's gonna yeah. be around in March. Um, don't know the specific date yet, but it's gonna be in March. Then he can be <laughs> an official. An official. <laughs> I know. Where is that? Where you can get your your shirts and your sweatshirts from? You, you get them from me. I haven't set nothing up. I'm, I'm I'm like the lady on the phone. I'm not that. I'm not that. Um, I'm not that tech savvy. I put the website. I built the website myself. That's about the best as I'm gonna get. Uh, <coughs> I get somebody. <laughs> unless I get somebody to do it for me. Um, to actually Dude, just talk to Jr. He he probably JR? knows somebody that'll do okay. it for you. You know, just I, I tried to up. build. Yeah, I tried to build ours by on my own, and it was <laughs> whack. So I had to pay somebody out of pocket. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> that's what that's what I'm. You know, once I get some money, man. You know, once I get some, save up some pennies. Um, yeah. try to have have that happen, but they can get them from me. Um, I didn't get them from me. I I do ship them off, so you can inbox me. Um, let me know, like. Speaking of which, I still need to get them two t-shirts, those new ones, whenever. (laughs) You just stopped by. I had them in my truck. I don't even know, man. I I thought about it on the way there. And then when I got there, I was all like, oh, you work here too? You work here too? (laughs) I'm like, man, this is the spot. I'm hugging people. I'm getting the tour. Then I get my cones. It's like family. It's like it's a family and I forgot. Family. I it's forgot all family. about the damn shirts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big. It's a family in here. You know, all of us know each other. All of us family, and you know, all of us care. You know, and that's the that's the best the best part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, Billy I, I, wants to be one man. He wants to be honorary hope, hope dealer. dealer. Come on, get you a hope dealer shirt, Billy. If you, <laughs> information you can inbox me. My my inbox is JP. So it's J A Y P E E. So I'm not that hard to find. Uh, if you guys are in the Hope Dealer group, you know, I, I consider if people in the Hope Dealer group, I consider y'all Hope Dealers already. That's right. You know what I mean? So it's just, you know, it's just as much as joining a group. And, and I feel you, people in recovery passing out hope anyway. So, you know. I'm uh, a member. I'm a member of the group, but I've never been in Minnesota. Dude, but you're still a Minnesota Hope Dealer, bro. That's right. You still, Brett, still are. Let's a trip. I, I've never well, been either. I'm gonna I'm gonna be up there eventually because that's where my company's headquarters is, and I'm supposed to go on a work trip sometime. Dude, you guys could come and speak at the Hope Dealerathon. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, and need some speakers too. Oh so my god, we're sponsored. We probably can do it bigger than we we did the last time, Jason. Do oh. I get paid? Do I get paid for just booking two of your speakers right now? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I just got through having a little speech about volunteer work, man. I know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> for booking them and then donate it back to the organization. That's right. how this works. Oh. But that's, um, so I'm so I'm working. I'm trying to work. I'm working on a sponsorship this time for that. I I, I did it out of my pocket the last time. So um, when I Costa Rica recovery. Oh man, Costa Rica recovery. Oh, that, that's uh, your that's, that's your sponsor. That's your sponsor. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we can. Give some sponsors, yeah. And um, how much to sponsor, man? You better, you better talk to me. Talk to me offline, man. I got, it's a, it's a lot. I got you. I got you. I got you. So I, I want to do it. You know, we can really do it big because especially the space that we, the space that we're trying to rent out, which is really a really dope space, man. 
it went up like exponentially uh exponentially uh after covid so we're gonna need to respond i really want to do it at that same place you remember it's Justin, the same, right? you're doing it at that same place i, I will i would like to do it at the same place yes it was that three place floors. was cool it was three floors of fun they had an auditorium and <laughs> one floor on the first floor and they had two other floors they had a sober bar uh lounge area uh eating area it was mm -hmm. like really dope man it was it was a nice spot so yeah, let's get this going. So if for the silver bar, there's going to be a sponsor with this, a price tag on it. Then for you can have boots and there'll be a price tag on exhibitor boots for sponsorship. Okay. And then you could just be a sponsor for the event to be on the flyer. And there's going to be a price tag for that. We'll, we'll get you some money going. Let's, we'll okay. talk. Bet. We're <laughs> You're in the right place, bro. You're in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? That's what I want to do. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be a lot of uh, companies, organizations, stuff, especially for the resource fair. So, like, they're beating down my inbox uh, wanting yeah. to be a part of it and, like, asking me, like, when is it going to happen? You know, because mm -hmm. I'm in, like, the um, the uh, the ease of, like, the, all these counties' emails and stuff for the treatment centers. So, which is dope. So, I got every yes. I got all Dakota County emails for treatment centers call them up road trip like for if there's organizations that say they they can't afford to mm -hmm. you know then you barter well i'll give you a space at my event you give me a table at your event that's a fit five hundred dollar five hundred dollar you know and then the ones that can't afford it right pay and then every, you you get a free spot at their tables too and Ash, we gonna have to zoom. We gonna have to zoom in this weekend. <laughs> Jre, we gonna have to zoom in this weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah. Try to put this together. Jim, Jason, Jason, and then Good Brad, and then might as well be a whole. Uh, I'm uh, just the nerd behind all those. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't do but any we, of this stuff you're talking about, but I'm all like, hell yeah, networking yeah. rules. Yeah. Networking is dope. So it's so really cool. Fun. You know, to your point, you were talking about it earlier. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, these doors of opportunity will uh, come in front of you that you would have never thought could happen. And it was all a result of just showing up and doing some event or doing some fun thing. That's like kind of outside of your comfort zone. And then, you know, you meet some people and you don't know who you're hanging out with, man, but you're just connected. You're connected. And now look, now you got all this happening, dude. I remember when you first came in, Jay, you know, and then you relapsed and you were gone for a while. And then when you came back, you were like, it's different this time. And then, yeah, it was different. All right. Damn, it was really different because things unchanged a lot now. You changed the game. It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. And it's a beautiful thing, man. And that's what, that's what I love doing, man, networking. I love meeting new people. I love just interacting with people, man. We've been going out of state lately, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, like my first trip was Vegas, mm. and um, you know, just been going out to. Well, no, no, I'll take that back. The first trip was Indiana. <clears throat> we went out there for the Stronger Than Addiction, and met all the uh, people out there: Chicago Hope Dealers, Lou Hicks, them, and uh, Galici, and you know, just met all a lot of people in recovery, like we just seen on Facebook, you know. Uh, and it was, I thought that was super dope, man. You know yeah. What Matt Jablonski, you know what I'm saying? To seeing all these Facebook uh, Facebook uh, names and faces in recovery 
and to get a chance to like meet all these guys in person, man, it was an honor, man. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that was that's what I'm talking about. So it'll yeah. be the same. It's gonna be the same way with you guys when y'all coming down. And, you know, it'll be an honor. You know, just to you know have to see y'all, man, like in person. Yeah, it would be exciting. <laughs> and I, I think that's another thing we don't always like talk about is not to change it from them, but these things are cost money. Like we don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable to like say mm-hmm. that because not everyone can support it financially and that's okay. But right. there's a lot of things you can support without paying a dime. If, if you want to support something and you, you can't offer some time, go to an event and say, Hey, how can I volunteer? Like, like you mm-hmm. did when you were starting, or if you can financially yeah. support, say, Hey, how can I, support you i know this doesn't isn't free you didn't charge admission or whatever how can i support you or you bring something or like i said you barter you know for or you just blast the event on your social media page for somebody else because that's free advertising like there's there's ways or you put a dollar in the jar because that's all you can do like Mm -hmm. showing up in some way is important so so we'll go live stream on the page you want man Man, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just blow it up. Blow it up. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the last one I do, last one we did, I did it out of my pocket because I wanted to do it so bad. You know what I'm saying? Just like for the community and have them. My whole, my whole idea of a lot of stuff is to have um, just events that, that people can go to. You know, um, so be events, places that people can go to on like New Year's, those type of, you know, because mm-hmm. those like triggering for a lot of people in recovery. New Year's, what else? Fourth uh, uh, of July, all those, all those holidays where people associate that holiday with drinking or drugging. Yeah. You know, it's hard for a lot of people in early recovery. But if they can see, especially people in early recovery, a lot of people don't think you can't have fun in recovery. Right. We, we kind of lit. <laughs> you know, just have, just to show people like we can have fun, like how we having fun in recovery, dancing and. You know, uh, just having fun and enjoying life, and just showing people and being an example that way. You know, just showing people like, hey, okay, they're having fun. They're not even high. You know, because <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah, you know, just showing them that we can have fun and they can have a good time and good people and good place. You know, and I love and and actually, you mentioned something too. You said um, you said earlier that you you trust people in recovery more than you trust other people. And that's so that's so true, you know what I'm saying? It shows people in early recovery that somebody can drop their wallet and somebody pick it up, like, hey, excuse me, you dropped your stuff. You know what I'm saying? And that's another example too. And it's, it's might it might sound like minuscule or whatever, but those are huge in some people's eyes about, you know, um, especially people who working with criminal behavior type stuff. You know what I mean? And um just for people to see that or even trust issues. For people to see that and stuff like that and, and to, you know, people process that type of stuff like we don't even know it. But all we're doing is just the right thing, the next mm-hmm. right thing. But, you know what I'm saying, that's making a ripple effect in the world, man, <clears throat> in other people's lives. And yeah. I think that's, I think that the, the dynamics of that stuff is, it's like super dope, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was, uh, I was invited back to a drug court uh, to Wednesday. And, I, and it was weird, man. I got the solicitors hugging me, prosecutors hugging on me. I'm like, you know, five years ago, 
Y'all trying to throw me in jail. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Those people are more likely to give somebody else the same chance that they gave you because you showed up and, and, and made them feel like they're, that that chance was worth it. So it's, it's really important for stigma breaking too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's good because, you know, there was, they had like 20 participants in there and they're seeing all of this and they're like, wow, this guy changed. And he had multiple felonies in multiple counties, you know, ran, ran the street for 20 years, convict felon. And he turned his life around. He got a good, deep, well, decent job. And now he's going down to Costa Rica. Yeah, dealing that hope <laughs> is powerful. Powerful. I'll be roughing it down, down south of the border. <laughs> it's a rough life. Rough life, JR. You got it rough, man. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah, that's, like my, that's like my background, man. I'm from Chicago. The west side of Chicago, man. I've been... Uh, um, involved with gangs and drugs, man, all, almost 20 something, 30 years. You know, um, this is before I was homeless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got a pass and a pass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in the streets and stuff like that. Like I didn't, I didn't too much know um, nothing else. I just knew how to work the streets and try to navigate them the best I can, you know? And it's just, um, and this is amazing how, you know what I'm saying? It's God with me, man. I can't do this by myself. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't. I I, could, I tried a lot of times, um, and I've been I've been in the same positions, man. I've been to prison and stuff too, man. A couple of times. It's just a blessing yeah. that I'm in the position that I'm in now. So it's yeah. you know, um, and just I think you know I I can't get mad at nothing, man. I ain't have a bad day in like two years, man. <laughs> Where I came from, man. Yeah. Yeah, especially to those uh, people in early recovery. I mean, don't listen to those voices in your head that's telling you that, you know, you're not going to amount to anything. I mean, you can you can have a good life. I mean, you know, JP and myself, you know, all of us actually sitting up here are proof of that. I mean, then they say uh, you can't have fun in sobriety. I, I'm, I, you know, I say bullshit to that, too. I I was just looking at my last, uh, my my uh, four and a half years of sobriety. I've done more fun stuff in that time than I did in 25 years of running the streets. And the streets, that's all it is, is just trying to find that next hit, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that's, I mean, that's, to me, that's that's not fun. I mean, I look back now and I'm like, man, what the hell was I thinking? You know, but the truth is I wasn't thinking. I was thinking about one thing. And I was just feeding my addiction. And, you know, I didn't care who I hurt, who I shit on, who I robbed. You know, it was, it was just one thing. I mean, you know, it, it's just the streets change you. And that's the, the, the beauty of recovery is, you know, it, it gives you another chance of life. I mean, like mm-hmm. I think Ashley was saying earlier, I mean, you get to rebuild your life. I mean, just because you hit rock bottom, you know, it's, it's a golden opportunity to rebuild your life with, with stuff that gives back to you. I mean, don't look at it as the, the, the end point. Look at it as, as a new beginning. I mean, that's exactly what I did. And I got rid of the crap I didn't want to take with me and just rebuilt from there. You know? And you might not do it perfectly. None of us have done it perfectly the first time or the second time. Like, 
just keep getting back up no matter what the mistake is you make or whether whatever happens if you don't beat yourself up just get back up that's what i did i'm i'm uh i'm pulling up on well i pulled up on it already i got three years clean congratulations thank you three years clean and then i graduated from college so i think i had three years clean first and then I graduated from college like two days after that, which was a good, a good. So I graduated birthday. in 2021 and May. So I graduated in June of 2021, May 2017 was when I got into recovery. So four years after. Nice. So ask, ask AG how many letters she has after her name. Tell me letters you got after your name, ask. Go ahead, name um, them off. Um, I'm a certified associate in project management. Well, I have my bachelor's of science, but I don't really put that um, in project management. Then certified associate in project management, a professional. No, project. Yeah, project management professional from Project Management Institute. Um, SHRM, certified professional. Um, what else? I'm in school for my MBA. Did I forget any? Oh, certified peer recovery specialist. <laughs> don't forget that one. Yeah, don't forget that one. <laughs> That's the most important one. That's the most important one. I, my baby, my letters are baby, so I got baby letters, but it's letters nonetheless. But, baby. Um, there's no baby, anything. Well, it's A-S-A-D-C-T. That's where I am now. For the council's license, I'm a CPRS also. Awesome. So I'm going to, I'm going for my bachelor's degree. degree Don't for forget me. the other three, CEO. Oh, yeah, that one too. Dude. Two. Come on. <laughs> and you know how powerful it is to have people in recovery that are actually the clinicians because mm. they learn like, you know, how to treat and diagnose, but they also have the lived experience to know like, okay, this might not work or let me look at it from this angle or like, there's not as many clinicians with lived experience as we need. So that's amazing. And I couldn't that's, do it every day. So I respect that, out of you. Thank you. <laughs> but you know what, it's getting um, easier. I'm not say easy, it's getting better. Um, you know, as far as me, because I'm still learning to um, pretty much like a new uh, counselor, but I do have the lived experience. But it's it's just, you know, it's, uh, it's it's really cool to like put put it together how they see it on paper versus well with my lived experience, not versus, but just to understand it like um, in a school sense of like what I actually went through. You know what I mean? Like in or what other people go through. Like I I could never pick. I could never put it in words like the stuff that I went through and the going to school helped me put that in in terms you know in terms that I didn't actually know about like oh that's what that was when it, that's what that was when I was doing this and doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it was just it was just wild yeah like, like neuroplasticity and like trauma effects of substances on the brain it's like oh yeah that's why I did that right and there's a lot of training I had too. You know, I went to school. I, I graduated. I went to discipleship too, which is another life skills training in my church. Um, you know, uh, like uh, discipleship and advanced discipleship, and they taught us how to 
peel the layers back off of our trauma and stuff and, and find ourselves, and, uh, you know, with God at the hymn and stuff like that. So I'm really big on my spirituality also. Um, and back in school for clinical social work for my bachelor's degree. So when I take both tests, I'll be duly licensed as a social worker in the LADC. That's awesome. Yeah. Rockstar. It's, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just, it's just amazing, man. It, and I tell people, they say we shouldn't tell people this. If I can change, they can change because everybody's experiences are different. Right. But you know, just if you're an underdog and you don't think that you're capable of change, please don't believe that. That's far from the truth. Right. The best thing I did was surrender and got my, out of my own way. The underdogs are the ones that come the farthest. It just sometimes mm. takes a little bit longer. Late bloomer. Right. Shout That's out. What I always tell people, I'm like, I was a super late bloomer. <laughs> I was a late but, bloomer too. But I'm blooming now. Camille's CLCSW. Camille, I knew her from uh, back in the day, my day one. Shout out to Camille. Savita. <laughs> so that's dope. She's a uh, social worker also. Thanks so, for being here with us tonight. It was, an honor. it was an honor and a pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. Well, I was talking to her, but <laughs> <laughs> JP's like, it's getting late, man. We're gonna go for another two hours. I'm getting hungry. Yeah. Yeah, I real. ate already. I worked out. Yeah. I ate. I'm, in, I'm in the smart gym man. already. I'm still the, 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 Yeah, the older people, <laughs> the older people in our audience are getting a little tired. Uh, I gotta I'm get up go. early. Time for chicken nuggets. <laughs> Daniel unmanageable in the audience. Hard knocks talks. What's up? What's up Hard knocks talks. Hard knocks. I like that name. That name is fire. Hard knocks talks. Never heard what of up? it. What up, Hard Knocks Talks? That's the second time, third time you've seen that. Around. That's because Brett keeps taking it off and putting it back up. <laughs> He's messing with you. It's not because that person just posted the same comment three times. <laughs> oh, Tina doesn't like my little little John chicken nuggets. Uh, chicken wing. She said chicken wings is better. Chicken nuggets. Shout out to Tina. That's my buddy right there. Shout out to Tina. What's oh, up, Tina? Oh, co-worker. It's good to see you, Tina. Thanks for joining us. You got some yeah, thank you. Thanks for Tomorrow's the last day of the recovery challenge. So, is it? Oh, it is. Thirtieth, right? Thirtieth. Isn't tomorrow International Recovery Day too? Is it the thirtieth? Yes, it is. Mm Mhm. That's right. Charleston recovers. Dude, I had my sign. Doctor like me, Ah. I've not done it yet. Tomorrow is the last day. Yeah, mine's. This is not my official sign. You go long horns. Hold up. <laughs> this is not my official Dixon's sign. Like, let me grab a pen. It's all it I love it. That's all it takes right there, man. There you go. Cardboard piece oh, of paper. Oh, Jason's got his real one. Uh, oh, look at Jason show off. Oh, uh, let, let me bust him out. I got colors in mine. <laughs> <laughs> 
JP, thank you so much, man. We t I have totally enjoyed this. I know uh, everyone else did too. Now it's time for me to say that. Thank you guys for having me. Hey. It was love you, brother. Thank you. I love you too, man. Thank you guys for inviting me, man. I, was, I always wanted to be on here, to be honest with you. I was, I was uh, beating Jason inbox down about it. Yeah. <laughs> the second they said that somebody canceled, I said, I do. <laughs> I know someone Jeez, who wants to be on. That's some synchronicities right there, man. That's that's how they work. It's like, hey. is it odd or is it God? <laughs> and when he said who it was, I was like, yeah, I love him. Let's go. <laughs> that's what's up, man. Thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure, man. Talking yeah, you 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 guys. Yeah, yeah, hit me up, man. Let me know. Uh, let me know about the future thing, man. I definitely will. I'm having a meeting. Me and my wife having a meeting. <laughs> a formal um, staff meeting. <laughs> <laughs> uh Sunday. So I hit you up once we uh or whatever. I hit you yeah, I hit you up when we when we have our meeting. Yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna have a formal I'm, meeting with these these three yeah, right yeah. here. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'll probably hit you guys up uh that Sunday after after service or we going out and eating. I'll okay. let her know. Yeah. Right on. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. All right, Brett. Close us out. I'm ready to go. Time for chicken nuggets. <laughs> I love that one. It's great. Little John at his finest. If you guys don't know about it, Little John has a renovation show that Carl told us about where he redo he redoes people's houses. Oh that's yeah. Some, that's some good reality TV right there. Pimp my house, huh? I got I got a new respect for Little John. I didn't know he was into interior design. It's a very entertaining show. Very Lil John, um, David Chappelle gave a good image of Lil John on the David Chappelle show. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. What? Yeah. Okay. I mean, excuse me. Pass me a bottle of water, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. I'm gonna throw this one up there one more time for everybody yeah. that's in the area. The clean and serene Halloween party, October thirtieth. It's gonna be lit. Are, yeah, if you guys are in the Minnesota, in the area, in the St. Paul area, be sure to check that out. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to the channel and turn on oh. notifications so you know when we're live. For any of the new folks that are out there in the audience, we are live every Thursday night. I'm not even going to announce the leave us a message thing. I think we're just going to keep rolling with the live call, and I think that went really well. Yeah, that was for really sure. cool. So we'll continue to do that on the stream. Thank you guys for watching tonight. Uh, Jason, you have a podcast, don't you? I sure do. It's called The Way Out Podcast. We share powerful personal recovery stories. And every once in a while, we'll do an episode where we unpack recovery power, unpack recovery power topics. Check us out. And don't forget, there's a Way Out playlist on Spotify as well. It's a curated list of songs that symbolize our listen or our guests' recovery. So check that out as well. Thanks. Nice. And I have a podcast as well, Recovery Survey, new episode every Wednesday morning, different recovery topics, different people in pretty much just anything recovery related, different pathways, different programs, different 
modalities, practices, all kinds of different stuff. So be sure to check that out as well. And if you like this show, but you might not be able to take it with you and watch the whole video, we also release the audio from this program tonight as a podcast so search for recovery revolution live on your favorite podcast player and subscribe to that as well if you want the audio version of our weekly show all right i guess that's about it guys remember progress not perfection see you guys next week bye